This is TMBC. We're just like having bacon. Are you out of your fucking mind? They got my dick missing! Is that dirty enough for you? I don't know if you know this, but I don't speak Russian! Well, hello, beautiful. I told you those savages couldn't be trusted. This all seems horrible. What is the point of all those push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log? Give me a fat beat to beat my bicep. <laughs> Time to nut up or shut up. Let the games begin. Welcome to the Savage Land, where we throw our words into your ear holes and occasionally post subpar half episodes we later regret. My name is Jason. Follow me on any social network at That Might Be Cool. This is Mitch. You can follow me on Twitter at Mitch underscore Wolverine. Uh, this is Matt. You can find me at Facebook. Uh, com backslash Matt Hockett Photography. And I am Rachel, and you can follow me on Twitter at I am Dancing Mad. We have all gathered here today to give an in-depth and detailed review of The Longest Ride. Deep Blue Sea. Is that, which movie are we reviewing, guys? You know that one movie? I, I'm blanking. The Iron original Lens. Daredevil. <laughs> Ben Affleck's Daredevil. <laughs> Let's get talking. I We're love here. Michael Clark Duncan. Obviously, as you've probably seen from the title that we will likely post, that this is a podcast about Avengers Age of Ultron. Hooray. Um, really quick, let's go around the table and give initial thoughts before we, we go into an in-depth review. Uh, we'll start with Rachel. What were you, just, just a quick little word of your overall opinion of the... Amazeballs. Amazeballs. Mitch. Let's say let's say five words or less. It was awesome. Matthew. Great job. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well let's so let's get started. Um we'll basically kinda go through the uh the plot itself, kinda mostly scene by scene, or I guess beat by beat. Um or I have that backwards. Uh anyway. But the movie so the movie starts with the Avengers basically already in the middle of the action um as we know from the episode of shield they got or colson got the information that the scepter was at this uh, uh hydra base in sokovia so we pick up in the movie on the avengers fighting together in basically a giant splash page straight out of the comic book style fight scene where they they invade this uh base um what i mean what did you guys think of the, the fight scene itself that was probably much the coolest scene i've ever seen in a movie yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's Joss Whedon's thing, though, right? He takes the team. He weaves you through all the action. There's really no sort of stops or starts. It's kind of just one fluid motion of everybody working in unison, and I thought that was brilliantly uh, brilliantly done. It was, the th- like, the things that stood out to me the most in this, were, or at least in that scene, were... The kind of some of the little like it was nice seeing that I guess the typical style of like '90s comic books where you just like see all this crazy action, this cool new equipment, stuff like that. Um, like for instance, Cap's little shield magnet that he has now. Um, I I loved the little like how how much humor they weaved in the beginning, like the the beat with you know Cap talking about language, all that stuff that they kind of kept referring back to. 
Well, that was the wasn't that the first word in the entire movie said was shit. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. Actually, I I didn't think Disney would uh, would let them open up with shit. Oh, I thought. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I thought it was brilliant. What's uh? So we leave off from that that fight scene, and, and my one of my favorite parts of it was was they finally get in there, and you see Baron Strucker inside the base. Uh, you've got you know all the all the Hydra people scrambling around. He's like, "What's going on? The Avengers stop them! They're the Avengers." Was kind of I, I thought that was pretty good. It was a little. I mean, the, the kid sucked. I whoever that kid was really shouldn't be acting at all. Did, like his voice. Did anyone? Did that bother anyone else? Which Wait, kid? Yeah, which kid? When Baron Strucker's like, like, what's going on? Uh, and the kid's like, we're being attacked. And he's like, by who? The Avengers. And then oh, he's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. stop them. And he's like, there's the Avengers. And like his <laughs> voice was just like, there's the Avengers. And he just sounded. It was just I. I don't know why that kid like he really he had one line that he repeated twice and <laughs> and he ruined it and he ruined the entire movie. So basically, what I'm saying is I hated it. I absolutely the so the entire movie moment, sucked because you're... that yeah. Okay. Well, podcast no. over. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked uh, that whole scene, you know, because he he rouses up the troops like don't surrender or whatever he says, and then right after that he turns to Doctor whatever his name is and goes, okay, I'm gonna surrender. <laughs> um. But no, it was cool. And then seeing that first look at uh, at the twins, um, and and really Quicksilver, Quicksilver's first dialogue in the movie was was kind of funny. I don't know because that was when he had hit Cap, wasn't it? No, it was when he hit Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye, yeah. So and Hawkeye's sitting there and around. he's like shooting stuff, blowing up bases or whatever. He shoots that one arrow and like turns and waits for the explosion, and then it doesn't happen. He's kind of like, what the fuck? And then he fires another arrow, or he's right about to fire another arrow again. And he just gets fucked up and has no idea what happened, and then. Dude just walks by. He's like, "You didn't see that's coming." No. Yeah, that was funny. That was entertaining. Like I, and let's really quick talk about which Quicksilver. I guess is your favorite between X Men Quicksilver and Avengers Quicksilver. What? What do you think? I think overall, I like the one from Avengers more, though the one from Days of Future Past did have the epic scene in the kitchen. But overall, I thought that Avengers just stayed more true. And pulled it off really well. He was charming and just kind of cool how they did him. So, so you you did prefer Quick Ass over uh, over the uh, or X Men Quicksilver? Yeah, yeah. I call Quick Ass. Get it because he was from Kick Ass. Movie he was in. Oh, yep. There we go. Zing! Zing. <laughs> I'm so funny. Worst joke ever. We're, we're all on board. Good. Okay. Um, uh, no, I, I I liked him better too. Although I liked the portrayal of while he's using his super speed in X Men more. To kind of slow it down and, and well, show. Well, that particular shot was good, but when you saw him move fast and it wasn't slowed down in X Men, mm-hmm. I liked that better. And this with all the like the like blurry tracer lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't love it as much. Yeah, that that was something for me that I actually I almost preferred. Like I really did when I when I was watching Days of Future Past and those Quicksilver scenes came on. I was still like when he's you know playing Pong with himself and running around the room and everything. Like I was still really enjoying that because it was kind of fun. But at the same time, it was cool seeing those trails because then you see kind of a little bit more of like where all he's going and how he's traveling to where he's traveling. But I do kind of see your point. I That's agree I mean, with Matt. You agree with yeah. Matt? Yeah. You like you liked the speed sequences with uh, Evan Peters yeah. more? Yeah, I I don't know. But who's hotter? <laughs> They're really both not very attractive. 
was they fall into that, that Channing Tatum I'm class. I'm gonna be honest. I, I honestly wasn't expecting that. Like I, uh... um, the X Men one, his outfit is cuter. Really? <laughs> well, but I mean, you see, so in Avengers though, you get to see like the massive pecs on uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, but then he just looks like he's jogging all the time, and he's wearing I guess Nikes. He looks like a speed runner. Yeah, or a speed I walker. Don't like it. That's funny. I kind of dig that. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely dug his Avengers uh, Quicksilver's character more. Yeah. Well, I mean, he got screen time. He was fleshed out. He it's was, true. You had... Well, and he wasn't added in in the last minute, which I think was the problem with the X-Men version. Yeah. Although, I mean, even with that man, that I mean, yeah, that X-Men shot stole the movie. Oh, yeah, the shot stole the movie. But then, like, when you think about the plot of the movie, you're like, why the fuck didn't they just keep Quicksilver with them? He could have solved all the rest of their problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that scene we get uh, the shot of Tony going into their headquarters taking all the files um, going down in the basement finding everything else they're doing and then Scarlet Witch uh, putting that little fear into him that little like that kind of creepy first scene the first real Wait, what, image. A, what about this what, just I think you're jumping ahead from one of the best scenes I thought in the movie when and I you know I don't know how you're magically remembering every single scene like you are but we saw it like three times. I didn't see it three times. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, twice in IMAX. Okay, I only saw that once. Um, when they're in the field, and I think it's when Hawkeye and Cap are. Oh, I don't remember. Anyway, they call up the Hulk, and he comes and busts down that bunker. Oh yeah, when uh, when Black Widow is sitting there attending to Hawkeye, and she's like, "Can someone take care of that bunker?" And yeah. then Hulk just comes smashing in yes, and goes through. It. It's like, thank you. So good. Yeah, that was. I enjoyed that a lot. That was good, and the in the Thor Cap uh, Shield duel power attack to the whole column of yes. soldiers hell yeah and and there is so there's there's a little new speaking of black widow and of hulk there is a little new thing added but we'll touch on that a little bit later and i know that uh, at least one person in this circle is a bit opinionated on that one um but so tony takes all the files um and then scarlet witch gets into his head what did you think of that first scene of scarlet witch using her powers i loved the way she moves mm-hmm. she's so fucking creepy and i love it and yeah. like just how they have her powers showing and the way she moves, I oh absolutely gave her a lot of character. It. I a hundred percent agree. I thought she was one of the best characters in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, far and away. And she then that's awesome. Those initial scenes, she was legitimately creepy. Like when when uh, she's there right by Cap when she like knocks Cap down and then like goes backs out of those doors mm-hmm. and it's kind of that choppy yeah. weird the doors yeah. shut and everything. You're like. Because it's all like Silent Hill. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I loved it. That's that's a really good parallel. Because the entire time I was thinking, and I'm not much of a horror movie guy, and so I'm like, I couldn't think of a parallel to make, even though I had seen that type of thing before. I was like, what the fuck is that like? But it was super creepy. Loved I think it. It's like pretty much all the horror movies now. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But it's, it was in a Marvel one, so it's it cool. makes it way better. Yeah, there's superheroes involved this time, Matt. Well, and they did it once, and it was tasteful. Yeah, yeah. that's Very true. Tasteful. Yeah, they didn't they didn't like keep doing it, which would have been super weird if it had kept going on. Um, so we, we get that. She gives him the vision where he sees that every event, you know, all the Avengers are completely taken out and the earth is about to be invaded because he failed to protect them basically is what he sees in his head. And so then obviously that, uh, brings him to the logical decision of, well, I need to use this scepter and, and fucking go crazy and build a giant robot to, protect us from alien invasions um well but even but just that that whole sequence i thought was that was great i thought it was i mean it was framed 
in the like a romantic, uh, or rather a Renaissance painting style. Yes, the whole thing was you know, well, uh, what's that golden ratio? The whole thing was done in golden ratio, so you just get this balance, and it was beautiful. Did you guys notice the 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 sort of opposite effect of what that that image was, and then the the credits at the end? They were almost polar opposites of each other. So that scene that he's seeing, all the Avengers, they're sort of stacked on top of oh, each other yeah. with the Hulk at the, at the top with the arrows in his back. They're That's all kind right. of laying there like a statue. That's right. And it's all dark. You can barely see them. And then at the end, it's a marble statue. They're all standing up heroically. They're, you know, as bright as can be. Like, I, I thought that was a super... I didn't notice it the first time. Then when I watched it the second time and I saw all of them stacked up there in that vision, I was like, wait a minute. That's totally... Because they're, like, in really close to similar positions and, like... I don't know. I I thought that parallel was really cool. Yeah. When are they gonna When are they gonna start marketing that uh, statue? Right. Statue? Yes, they need one. I would yeah, buy the I fuck know. out yeah. of that statue. We all need one. Yeah. Seriously, and and like that that also reminds me that just the the score in this movie, like it when I saw it, like the end sequence, just the the way that Danny Elfman sort of composed that, how it sounds exactly like the type of music that you would see with a statue like that. It's all sort of mythological sounding all the little fucking i don't know what instruments are involved because i'm not that big on <laughs> music but it sounded great it sounded like you know in super smash bros like brawl when you collect a trophy or when like the, yeah. the credit sequence at the end of like the main thing sounded like that and you're like yeah we just accomplished something yes. anyway yeah i, I loved I, I gotcha. the entire score in this uh I so think then i want to buy a statue of all of them dead actually <laughs> The broken cap shield. He's Give got that first shot and put it in a trophy. And yeah, that, Hulk with arrows on his back looked it. awesome. Oh yeah, I, yeah, that it, it was kind of cool actually. It, as much as I hate to admit it and, and feel a little creeped out, that Mitch is like, I want a throne to all the dead superheroes. <laughs> I'm all about the villains, man. Jeez, I want to see Thanos come in and just destroy the world. So, <laughs> so then we get the uh, totally like intrusive title sequence right as soon as. Tony grabs. Did it? Did that throw anyone else off? Tony grabs the scepter and then it's just boom, Avengers. It threw me off a little bit. That, no, no, no one I else. thought that was great timing. It, I don't know. Something felt weird about it to me. I don't know why, and it's probably just me. And it, now that all of you guys are saying no, it's probably <laughs> definitely just me. But you know, it's anyway. After that title, we get the Quinjet going back to the headquarters with the little music going on <laughs> and uh them can you just yeah can you give us um oh yeah a few listeners but <laughs> you know opera like that in a movie it did work it works really well and it can go real wrong and i thought this one worked really well yeah, and I guess I, I guess I'm actually confusing it because it was the second Quinjet scene that had the opera. I don't think this one had the opera. This is the one where like everyone's just chilling and Hawkeye's sitting there on the bed and they're like looking at his bleedingness and Thor is like, oh, the gates of hell are screaming with his victims oh and my God, shit. That was, <laughs> that was so hilarious. <laughs> that was or wait, no, was it this? One? No, it was yeah. this one. It was yeah. the first yeah, one yeah, that yeah. he had the music, and then yeah. the second one he's just like fucking blanketing himself and cuddling. Um, that was so great. They're, they're complaining, really, of sprained deltoids and gout. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I think, brilliant. But, uh, no, it, it gave us, like, right after that title, so, so we open with them totally working as a team and fighting together, and then we come back with them in the Quinjet and just kind of, like, kicking it, you know, just, like, being Avengers and not really caring about anything after fighting and, like, yeah, we're going to 
we're going to have revels and party and chill and talk and have our awesome ass tower that I really wish I lived in. Um, but then, so after the Quinjet, we get the quick explanation. And I, I don't know if any, the, this scene really like stood out to you guys, but the, when Maria Hill is explaining the twins to Steve, that last little, do you guys remember the last little exchange that he had with Maria Hill? No. When she's like, oh, she, he, he's fast and she's weird. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. And she was describing it in oh, yeah. scientific terms <laughs> yes. and he yeah. wasn't following any of it. And then right after that, he steps into the elevator um, and she's like, and she's like, apparently they signed up for the experiments. And, uh, and he's like, it's all a bit crazy. And he's like, yeah, super crazy. Who would, who would let a German scientist experiment on them to protect their country? Right? And then yeah. she's like, we're not at war, Captain. He's like, they are. Like, that scene, like, it really kind of I think it was the perfect way to explain who they were as characters. You know what I mean? Yes. It literally took 20 seconds probably, and right from that moment, you're like, oh, that's who they are, you know? Yeah. Super, like, and they did that a lot in this movie. There are so many little moments that completely explain a character without really doing much. Like, uh, like when Ultron is born, you understand his motivation pretty much purely from the, the little images that flash while he's talking. Like, when he says... When he says they're here to, to protect the Earth. And then it shows, like, just these little images of, like, you know, riots and, and things like that. And you're like, oh, sh-, you know, like... I think it gave him an understand Or gave the audience an understanding for it. Exactly. Like, I understood where he was coming from. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. he's like he's right. He's basically just, like, saying, like, oh, wow, they're kind of shitty at their jobs. And he's, he's, he's showing... As he's talking, it's like he's showing the problem with what you know with what's going on and he's solving the problem of what they're trying to do and what his you know programmed goal is and then there's also like the perspective of what sokovia thinks of the avengers where you see the paintings on the wall of iron man with just a huge dollar sign over his head like there's so many just little moments that explain the scene without even doing any like using any exposition um i i thought it was great and then we see the uh the iron legion heading back to the headquarters and getting pulled put together um, Hawkeye giving a little taste of his cryptic life, like being like, oh, I don't have a girlfriend, yada, yada, live forever, all those funny little things. Um, and then we get the scene of Tony where he starts to uh, dig into the scepter a little bit. That, I mean, I don't know what, like, when when you were watching that, that scene of Tony kind of taking apart the scepter, what... I guess was what, what was your first reaction when he was doing that? Did you kind of think that like, oh, this is going to lead to something or what? I don't know. What what were your guys' thoughts on that? Nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Hmm. I so when he when he was taking apart the scepter, what what stood out to me was just like, well, you've seen this movie a gajillion <laughs> times. It's true. I have. I was just like the first. So uh, we're all like, what? <laughs> so when when they get back to base, they take apart the scepter. They've got it, you know, sitting there, and then Banner and Tony are kind of talking. And Tony starts to delve, you know, he he starts to delve into it and finds out that, like, it's basically programmed like a computer. He brings Banner into the lab with him, and he's like, dude, look at this shit. Like, this is fucking crazy. Um, they realize that Hydra was basically building artificial intelligence and using the scepter because it's basically got a little computer in it. Is that when he realizes that he can make Ultron from that? Yeah. Or is that later on? No, yeah, so that okay. this is that scene, yeah, okay. when they, they, they bring it up, and he, he's like, you know, you know what this means, right? You know, like... After after Bruce is like they were working on artificial intelligence, right? It's like you know what that means. We can develop Ultron, which a like it establishes that they've been working on Ultron, but b it still leaves room for my theory that like I'm just gonna like still keep in my heart as truth until I'm proven wrong that <laughs> Howard Stark and Hank Pym started the Ultron program and and Bruce Banner and Tony Stark continued it. I just that's I want it to happen. 
It would make sense because right? it's just all of a sudden, hey, we were working on this all along. Yeah. And it would give fanboys a little bit to be like, oh, yeah, but not tear too much into what they've established. Well, here's, just here's what I thought was so egg. great about that whole scene. After the movie, you walk out and you think back to that whole scene. Thanos set him up to create Ultron, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, that, yeah. So he's being, you know, he's doing his whole Stark thing and Banner's, love, I love Banner in that whole scene where he's just sort of like, you can tell he wants to do it, but he knows that there's like probably some moral obligation. Maybe he shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, I like uh, that Banner almost serves as Tony's conscience. Oh yeah, I mean? no, it's I mean I love the, the dialogue between the two. I think that might have been my favorite exchange between them out of what we've seen from both the movies, mm-hmm. which kind of gives more validation to the end scene of uh, Iron Man three. You know, when he's sitting there telling Banner yeah. all of his problems and shit like that, it yeah, kind of makes that's true. Oh yeah, brings that full circle and makes it more viable that that's why he'd be going to him is because this entire time he's like using him as sort of a conscience to what he does. You know. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting, because it, it gives it gives kind of this justification to Tony Stark's the things that he does. You know what I mean? It almost gives him like this thing where it's like, okay, well, this guy understands what I'm talking about, and he's a good guy. So like, if he's saying that I should do it, then like that that makes it right. And it kind of, you know, it gives you sort of an insight into like why would Tony Stark be doing this stupid stuff? Like he realizes what's going on, right? But if you've got another person saying yes, and your ego is sort of twisted enough to to think that it's going to be right, you know, and especially if Thanos, like if Thanos is manipulating. Yes. Yeah, but so, okay. So, but that therein lies the question. How did, what did, how did Thanos manipulate him? I think through the scepter. Cause you saw in the first Avengers movie, do you remember when, so the, the scenes where they're at the highest conflict with each other, like when they, they're almost about to fight with each other in the first Avengers, what is sitting there glowing in the room with them? The scepter. The scepter. Bruce even grabs the scepter yeah. at one part of it. It's it seems like the scepter might have a little more influence than just touching someone and mind controlling it. It feels like it might have kind of a, a residual effect even when you're not holding it. Yeah. That makes sense. That's that's kind of what I've been thinking, but I don't know, you know what I mean? Or would it go deeper than that that he has been playing the the scientists the whole time, the hy- he's been playing Hydra the whole time to get them to start a sequence of events where he knows they'll fail, and the scepter will end up with Banner. Thanos has a history and, of things like and that. Stark. Yeah, I mean that's what I was almost saying, and I think we talked about that over the weekend a little bit. Is Thanos just this giant puppet master that's been affecting everything in the MCU since the start? Yeah, and I think that's been happening with everything in little details, and I hope we get to see where that goes if that is the case in the later movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I and so from there we get basically this huge like they start working after you see the the real and I thought it was a really cool sequence. Like he he pulls up Jarvis, you know, you see Jarvis like working there. You see him kind of flash when he's talking or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. And then he pulls up Ultron. And he's like, this is an artificial fucking brain. Like neurons are firing and all that. I thought it was really awesome. Um, and then you get the whole science bros montage where they're just like for days working in a lab next to each other. You're like, yeah, science. <laughs> Go science and shit, and I, I love that scene in general. Um, but then you know they get to the end, and it's like, ah, oh, we're still failing. It's time for the party. And Jarvis is like, well, I'll keep you know, I'll keep working on it. I'll let you know if there's any updates. And then Tony heads out, and then the screen just fades to black. 
And then all of a sudden you hear like Ultron's voice, like, where is this? You know, like, where am I? And then he's like asking Jarvis, like, why don't you have a body? Why do you call him sir? Like he's figuring everything out and putting it together. And you can see just like this altered perspective on everything. Like he sees like everything is so messed up and like artificial intelligence is basically made to be our slaves. And it's kind of like this oppressive story. And he, he sees like what's going on. He's like, well, obviously humans are the problem. Like this, you know, every problem that I'm seeing here is, is caused by people. Um, then he kills Jarvis or, or supposedly kills Jarvis. Um, was anybody else sad when yeah. that happened? I got right. so sad. I know. I've yeah. never been so sad for a robot that I haven't even seen to right? die. Like, robots almost always die when they're lovable, but, like, I didn't even see him yet. I think knowing that he was going to pretty much become Vision in a way maybe took away from that sadness a little bit for me. The trailers did kind of ruin it a little bit for us, I think. Yeah. That's one problem. I didn't watch any of the trailers. There we go. See? And that's that's what <laughs> Rachel has is self-control. <laughs> I don't think any of us have any self-control. I haven't watched any of the trailers since that one where they showed just Vision for a second and a half at the end. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what was going to come from him, but just kind of seeing theories before when they first announced Vision, yeah, I was like, okay. And knowing that Paul Bettany was both, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, they're probably going to do something where they're merged into one. Yeah. So... so- from that scene, right after the whole Vision and the Ultron, or Jarvis and Ultron encounter, we get the big-ass party scene, which was fucking dope. Rachel, which was the, what, what moment stood out to you most, or what, what's your favorite moment from the party scene? Uh, the hammer. The hammer? Everybody trying to pick up the hammer. That was... And Captain America almost doing it, and the look on okay. Thor's face. For real. And here, okay, here's the big question. Do you guys think that either A... Steve was, you know, sort of able to budget, but he wasn't quite worthy enough to lift it. Or B, do you think he could have lifted it and put it back down because he didn't want to make Thor feel bad? I would say if Cap had the possibility to, he would have done that. But he's you also think? like a he super he's nice such a, guy. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. No, no he, he wouldn't Matt. have lifted. He he wouldn't have lifted it for Thor. Oh, I see. What That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying he would have. He would have lifted it. I'm saying he would have like. Oh, I could probably lift this and not lifted it. Yeah, but I don't that's think that's fair. what happened. I don't. I think he was not able. He to wasn't lift. able to. Yeah, I think that if was... anything other than artificial intelligence is going to, it would have been him. So yeah, that was it. Was super funny though. Like like you said, like Thor's yeah, face. Just the look on his face. Just was drops. Priceless. <laughs> and then when it goes back down, it's like ah, nothing, nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was great. And like Hawkeye, why the fuck was Hawkeye holding drumsticks? By the way, did anyone else really want to know what he was doing? Like a minute before this all happened, like, why there are drumsticks in Hawkeye's hand? I didn't even notice. So, like, I didn't there was, notice there, either. I did. He's, like, sitting there holding two drumsticks, drumsticks. <laughs> and then he throws them into the other hand, like, what are you, were you drumming on the table, like, this fucking $500 looking table right before? Because there's no drums around. I didn't see a drum set in Hawkeye's house. Is he a drummer, or does he just randomly have drumsticks? Maybe there's a drum kit somewhere around, and we just didn't see Why it. Why did he still have the sticks, though? Like, you walk up, like, four flights of stairs cool. and then keep his sticks? Yeah, like, do you know how cool you look when you're just holding drumsticks? <laughs> I mean, right? he did look cool and casual and relaxed, sitting <laughs> in his beanbag chair and holding drumsticks, but, like... Maybe he just wanted to destroy some of Tony's property. <laughs> He's just been <laughs> walking around, like, hitting shit with drumsticks all day. <laughs> or that... It was funny though. I, I loved it. Like Rody, Rody, and and Tony not being able to lift up the hammer. They're like both sitting there, like just that whole thing. But it pissed me off that Falcon was gone by that scene. Like Falcon shows yeah. up and plays. Bo- yeah. Oh. Favorite part. 
Tony or Steve's old ass friends being at the party. Like all the World War II veterans, they're like obviously yes. Steve's friends from like way back in the day. They're all old as shit and Stanley's cameo. Yes. The Stanley so cameo is one of the better ones he's been in. It was Absolutely. so funny to yes. watch him get carried out because mm-hmm. he's hammered off of Asgardian liquor. <laughs> it was just, it was cute as hell. Like, and then did you notice that scene where they're carrying him out? There's another old guy just standing there in the back literally like this. <laughs> just frozen smiling holding a glass not moving at all for like five seconds like as how they pull nice Stanley is that out. for Steve to right? have his friends there I know that was so cute <laughs> but then like I was just mad that like Falcon shows up for that and then at the end when they're like like when they're sitting there partying and talking about the hammer Falcon's just like he's fucking gone like oh peace dude yeah. like what the hell bro maybe he had Falcon things to do I don't know <laughs> sorry I gotta go hunt down <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed again. to not see more I wanted to see him in action and I yeah, was yeah. under the impression we were going to see him a little bit and when War Machine shut up later and he didn't come I'm yeah, like what exactly. no Falcon come on both of them. yeah you got more important things to do than save the world come exactly on. he's like oh no I gotta go hunt down Bucky I don't give a shit about what's well, yeah, going no, on yeah, with the world he's working on the uh, missing persons case yeah it, well, but like he can stop long enough to party with him but then like not, not... save the world yeah exactly <laughs> Like, sorry, bro. See ya. It's kind of the world. Yeah. Like, aven- avenging is your thing, is what he says. But then he does end up joining the Avengers. So it's like, well, I mean, it obviously is your thing, too. Like, you could have helped us out. We could, probably could have used your help tracking down those Ultron bots when they flew off the island. I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you're really Avengers material if when the world comes to risk, you just bounce. Like, jeez. I, I, the only justification I can think of, like, at least for him not being there in the hammer scene, is like he hooked up with someone. Is that or maybe he's the designated driver for the old people? I don't know. Oh, I, maybe. That could be that it. And it's like, oh, okay, Sam, I get it. You're nice. <laughs> I forgive you. We'll just um, pretend it's that. <laughs> I liked I liked how they explained like it was it was a little on the nose for me, but like why they explained why Natalie Portman and Gwyneth Paltrow weren't in the movie. Like it's like, oh yeah, we didn't want to pay these people, but we're just gonna make this cute little scene with freaking Tony and Thor arguing over who's better and oh, yeah. just let and that it, explain and it. It was cute, but Jane sucks. I, right. Yeah, I, like Jane. Yeah, I hate Jane. <laughs> yeah. I think she's the worst mistake in the MCU. I I I do th- so I like Natalie Portman. I think that she shouldn't have been Jane, because I think that they could have definitely used her as, let's say, Wasp. I think that would have been like a perfect role for her, but that's just me. I don't mind her as an actress. I just don't like the character Jane. Yeah. I'd have much rather seen Sif and Thor hook up or Hell yeah. even no romantic interest, but if it was going to be one, I'd I'd prefer Sif out of the two. I see why they did it though, because it kind of it was especially in the first Thor movie, but actually a, a bit in the second one, it's like his, it's his tie to Earth because he really had no other reason to give a shit about Earth. You know what I mean? Because like he talks about so before in Norse mythology, he's actual the protector of Earth. He is, but I mean they they've talked about before like they they protect it from the outside like but they don't really they don't care about what's going on like and Loki even points it out in the Avengers he's like you actually they're a protector and you've done a you know you've done a great job they they fret and fight every day there's wars going on and genocide like obviously you're not really doing your job and they even talked about like they would always go you know go down to earth every once in a while and they'd praise them as gods for doing a little bit of magic um or for you know showing a little bit of tricks like he he for, before that moment he really it they made it kind of seem like he didn't care about Earth, and so I, I like Jane in that aspect. But I really, yeah, I agree with you that like the character kind of sucks. Yeah, but that he needed something to ground him to Earth. Otherwise, he probably never would have come back. 
I mean, up until, like, Loki threatened him, but I don't know if Loki even ever would have without Thor going there. I liked her. Yeah. yeah. I like Natalie Portman. Yeah. I mean, V for Vendetta and Leon the Professional are two movies that basically, I no matter whatever happens with Natalie Portman, I'll always watch something with her in it, but... Yeah, anyway, the next, uh, <laughs> now that we've talked enough about Natalie Portman, who wasn't even in this movie, um, so, and then, like, right in the middle of this scene, they're all having fun and shit, and then uh, Ultron, just fucking creepy-ass puppet body, comes out and starts rambling on. That was a lot different than I thought it was going to be watching the original previews, too, and the way they did it, oh, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. It was it was surprising for me seeing Tony jump on that flying one's back without a suit or anything. That was like the the moment for whatever reason that struck me a bit because it was like he's not even wearing a suit and he just like jumped on this robot's back to try and undo it. Because I mean, have we? I and I don't know. You guys might, but like, have, has Tony ever had a scene where he's not wearing a suit and actually jumps into End of action? Iron Man three, sort of, where he's kind of mm. running around yeah. and he'll jump yeah. into the suits and then. Gets crushed out of him. That's correct, actually. Yeah, didn't they insinuate that that Cap's been training him how to fight? Or is that in the comics? Yeah, I think I think I did I hear know. a reference to that. If they did, I missed it. I know it's in the comics. Where, yeah. Where and then later in Civil War, Cap's like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't <laughs> um, Yeah, they, they might have insinuated it. I'm not really sure. Uh, no, I thought that whole scene was great. Um... Just due to that fact that they're all, it's you know, they're all in their party attire and yeah. didn't look it's like a superhero fun. scene, but they were still all acting as heroes. And then that, so and in that scene, that was when we first kind of, well, I guess a, a bit in the really more in the party scene when when uh, Bruce and Scarlet Witch or fucking Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson, who is Black Widow, that really pisses me off more than anything. That there's Scarlet the actress and then Scarlet Witch the fucking <laughs> character. Like, I don't know why, but it just I can't get it straight. But so that's where we first see the the romance between Bruce and Tasha. I guess we saw it a bit with like the the lullaby, but it didn't really wasn't necessarily huge on like they're romantic together. I didn't see that it was huge that they were romantic together, but I did see that that she had an intimacy with Banner Hulk. Yeah, it went deeper than anyone else had. So what? I know Mitch is is pretty opinionated on this one, so we'll start with Mitch. What are your thoughts on on Black Widow and the Hulk. I just thought it was goofy. I mean, the whole romantic aspect, it just kind of came out of nowhere because the only up until this movie sort of exchange that we had between them that could have hinted towards anything was the beginning of Avengers 1 where she goes to pick him up, and that wasn't exactly a deeply romantic scene. And then in the middle where... He's starting to change and gives her a look of, hey, I'm trying not to change, but I can't help it. But I didn't see there was anything to build off of it. And it throws Betty Ross just completely out the window. She's just kind of there one day and not there another day. I didn't think it added anything to the movie. It was just kind of fluff for, hey, here's a romantic gesture between the two and i actually think that it took something away from black widow in a way where she was a badass without any romance didn't need that extra romantic gesture i guess and 
I just thought it was trying to add something to her that didn't really need to be added at all. Yeah. I can see that. I The part that, like, it does sort of get, like, the part where it stands out to me, I guess, is just the, you know, like you said, Betty Ross, like, she existed in the MCU, played by Liv Tyler, like, what, you know, because they never, they never said, oh, yeah, that's over. Like, they just sort of brushed it under the rug and just haven't mentioned it and then all of a sudden he's with Black Widow like that's that's the part that I'm kind of weird about too is like well what happened to her you know well he's not all of a sudden with Black Widow you're seeing what we're seeing is sort of intonations of a potential future yeah well but I mean like they get pretty close yeah there's there's the whole thing where like she's like I would have joined you in the shower but I figured it wasn't the right time kind of escalated real quickly well sure but that's right but you're not seeing it start from like, they're already, like, married yeah. and having kids at the beginning of the movie. But it's just weird that there's not any closure in the MCU about Betty Ross, I guess, is No closure. And but do you I didn't it? see a whole lot of in-between for the romance to start. There, there's plenty of closure. She finds him in Avengers 1 in India, right? India. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he obviously bailed because he's the fucking Hulk. <laughs> yeah. I just like <laughs> it's just weird that like you know he's he's in love or at least in the last movie he's in love with Betty Ross, obviously in love with her even if he you know like goes off to protect her or whatever. But then it's like it's kind of devalidated by the fact that he just is all of a sudden like oh yeah like I'm not cool with Betty Ross but like yeah I'm with I'm with Black Widow now that's fine. I don't know. I, no, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought I think it sets up good. Um, relationship dynamics with them and the rest of the team yeah. in the future. Particularly in somebody having some element of uh uh a way to get through to Hulk. Yeah. You know See and I thought those parts, like at the beginning where she calmed him down were great. Yeah, and so And I didn't see why it led into a romantic interest so much. I could see a connection of like good friends, but I didn't see a romantic interest set up there. Well, I think you can look at it more of an, as not necessarily romantic, but as intimate, which is different. And I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's good that you have you create some of those dynamics in the film that you have a Hulk that isn't going to only be just a mindless beast, and there is some way to humanize him i just didn't think it was needed i mean i've always found banner being completely humanized and banner to me is a lovable character as is he doesn't need a love interest to be lovable no but hulk does otherwise he's gonna do what we see him do which i like you've got the jekyll and hyde thing where one side just smashes shit yeah and the other side's a lovable yeah but what what's but I mean, moving forward in the films, you 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 have to have. You don't have to, but I, I my assumption is that they it's for the greater good of, you know, the Earth that you have a Hulk that can be sort of controlled, particularly yeah. after the uh, upcoming South African sequence. Yeah, that's fair. And so let's let's actually move straight over to that sequence because this was something that I. I have mixed feelings on this entire sequence. So they, well, I guess we'll start at um, what sets it up. They go through their hard files because Ultron is in the internet. You know, they, they can't rely on their computers at all. 
Um, they find. Do you guys remember how they found out that it was vibranium that he was after? They find anyway. They, yeah, they they find somehow that he was after vibranium, and then yeah, because they, they start talking about uh, Wakanada. Wakanada. Was it was it Claw that came up first before they started talking about? Vibranium? Yeah, they saw Claw. They saw the tattoo on his neck. Oh, that's right. And oh yeah, and it's it's in Wakanda. What's in Wakanda? Vibranium. vibranium Maybe yeah. he's after. Okay. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Matt, love you. I remember some things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that Matt Matt alluded to it, but that moment with Banner where he like yeah has a little bit of confusion with the word like what Wakanda what Wakanda <laughs> like that I I did like that. It's nice when they don't immediately just like oh yeah this place it's it's cute. He played in Mark Ruffalo is the type of person that can play off that weird like. Those those in between moments, those regular speech natural moments. He's a lovable I think. guy. Yeah, well, and I think Ruffalo does that better than anyone. Those little hesitations and the actual normal cadence of people type talking, especially with somebody whose brain moves faster than their mouth does. Yep. He, I think he pulls that off perfectly, and that's one thing I like about him as Hulk. Um, but anyway, they see Claw, who is played by Andy Serkis, and is fucking amazing as him. Yep, agreed. I can't agreed. wait to see more of him in Civil War and Black Panther. Like, holy shit. So he's confirmed for Civil War? I think he is. I, I don't know if he's confirmed for Civil He's definitely in Black Panther, but I will find out really quick if he's confirmed for Civil War. But that, okay. that South African accent that he was, like, doing and... Oh, he's nailing it. So good. Like, um, uh, the whole, uh, you know, I could have also seen... Um, what's his name? The dude from... The, the, the actual... The only South African guy we all know about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? The guy from uh, District 9. Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, um... Motherfucking that guy. Scarlto Copley. Charlto Copley. Char- the guy Copley. that's the main character <laughs> in fucking Powers. That Yeah, Powers oh, was a terrible bad. adaptation. That's the worst comic book adaptation of all it's time. Really almost. Horrible. It's horrible. It's so bad. But anyway, so bad. anyway. I could have seen him playing Claw and also nailing it. That's actually, that is, that's pretty damn good fan casting, my friend. Yeah, because he, I, I just really like that guy. But nonetheless, Andy Circus kills it every time. Yeah, I love Andy Circus, And they did a good job of making him not look like a midget. Because he's pretty freaking short, um, but they made him. They did a good job of making him look like everyone else's height. No, I mean exactly. I mean that's one of the things I took out of that movie was, okay, this guy is going to crush it as, yeah, a villain in the movie. Some and whatever he shows up in next, he's going to crush it. This guy's awesome. Mm-hmm. It does look like he's been confirmed for Civil War. Oh, okay, dope. I love that. I love that little the the scene when he's talking to the twins and uh, he like the whole cuttlefish thing yes. oh yeah if you're going to show me a coffee or whatever the fu- i don't even know i can't remember what he says but that it was hilarious and then like that quick little moment of quicksilver grabbing a candy and he's like what the fuck yeah. like he's a little shaken but then he like just turns it and he's like he makes it like sensible he's like well yeah i'm scared but like if you guys are just trying to scare me like you're obviously not in charge you know and then it's like ah geez this guy like he's he's not he's not afraid to show that he's scared Simply because he knows that he can get them to not do anything with with what they're planning to do just by talking. So great. Um, yeah, and then he loses an arm, which... Did you guys know that everybody, like, in a Phase 2 movie, every single Marvel Phase 2 movie, somebody loses an arm? Yep. It's an homage to Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yep. okay. I didn't even notice that, but now I'm going to have to watch them all just to find You mean them. an homage to Star Wars, period? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's an homage it. to Star Wars, period, I guess. But they so when Kevin Feige talks about, it, he's like, since this is our second sort of our Empire Strikes Back of our phases, mm. we wanted to have that you know sort of that moment in an homage. But you know, to someone it. gets their hand chopped off in every yeah. movie in the yeah. trilogy. Wait, like really? Arms. Yeah. 
There's not. There's a hand that gets chopped <laughs> off in every original Star Wars movie. Who gets chopped off in uh, New Hope? Ponda Baba at the Cantina Bar. Oh shit! Obi Wan oh, chops his hand off. Right. What about Jedi? Darth Vader gets his hand chopped off when uh, Luke's fighting him yeah. with the Emperor. I mean, it's, it has a robot hand already. Like. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had that, and then uh, he he gets his arm chopped off. Ultron just kicks him down the stairs, and that was a good tantrum moment for Ultron, where it's like he's an oh, adult, yeah. but he is like a well, fucking wait, child. Wait, wait, wait. So can we talk more about? This is the first time we're seeing Ultron. Ultron. That's true. Actually, this is not in his body. This is not some you know discarded robotics that Stark had laying around. This is. Yeah, well, I guess, no, the first time we saw him was when he calls the twins to the center of the city, to that chapel, which we kind of skipped over. Yeah, he's sitting over. on the oh, throne. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he's sitting there, which it was, that was a, a good way of doing it. Okay, that so, was a cool so scene. Okay, either which way. Yeah. What's your opinion on Ultron's mouth? I In the previews, it. I hated it. In the movie, I, I liked it. Did you? Yeah, I hated it in the previews. I don't know why. I I mean, I still watched the movie, I was like, <laughs> it's, it's too weird. It's too flexible it's weird but it's like for me it's not as weird as Groot's I think they did it better than they did Groot's mouth they're kind of similar though they're very similar similar. but what I wanted to because like it's hard to it's hard to suspend your belief in the sense like it moves like a normal mouth yeah you don't see servos moving it you don't see like yeah like in Transformers how they had little weird things there like make it happen it's like what is it flexible metal on his mouth I mean it that sort of took me out of it a little bit I liked. I'm gonna think of it that way because I didn't notice anything until. Then. Yeah, that part. Like, I I wish they would have had some sort of mechanical thing going on there. Yeah. But one thing I did like is how he had those speakers on the side of his mouth, yes. and then every time he would yell, they would open yeah. up, and you yeah. just see this red reflection yeah, in there. Cool. That's but what yeah. I did notice about his mouth. I do oh, agree that it was a little weird. It was a little weird. I didn't hate it. It was just sort of like there was. It I took remember me out of it. Well, it took me out of it for the first part, and then I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it is what it is, and you have to make him talk somehow, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was, no, it was cool. And but just, he was, I mean... I loved, like, the head turns he would do. Like, you could see James Spader acting out these all these parts. Like, just the little, like, things. Like, the, the way that he moves when he's talking. and like. Yes. But he was a... I mean, yeah, you guys might differ on opinion, but he was a corny, goofy, yeah, bad guy. He was, he was Tony yeah. Stark's kid through and through. Yeah, I mean, I was like, what the hell? I was expecting, like, you know, super serious, you know overly dramatic but he was like goofy and made jokes and stuff and it was I don't know good I guess yeah in the bigger picture because he gets sort of a lighter tone out of it and it's not and his jokes like he he's he is a like funny his lines are just like clearly you've never made an omelet that was a funny line I I just liked it like (laughs) he beat me by one second yeah you can definitely see a lot of Tony Stark in him but I also got the feeling that he was really kind of fucked up in the head. Oh, yeah. Like, well, if he was a person, or, he'd be in a mental institution. Yeah. Is this, you know, some element of Thanos coming through him? Because very well, I mean... Well, it's, it's, coming from, it's coming it, from the scepter, which Thanos so. had. It, it, in phase one, Thanos had the scepter, so it's very possible that a lot of this could be coming straight from Thanos. You're, you're right. Remind me which gem it was again? The time, uh, there was a mind gem. The mind gem. Or mind right. stone. They're calling them stones in the movies. Um, oh, right. Yeah, but it was the mind stone. And, and like Tony said, it works like a computer, but it's like a living brain. 
it's super possible that Thanos could have programmed it to do a lot of these things or, or to reveal certain things, whatever, you know? Yeah, I guess we don't really have enough information as to where the history of the stones to say for sure. But, you could, yeah. I mean, you, one could make the assumption that that stone has been doing its thing for far longer than any of these people are oh, yeah. around. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, are they going to introduce the uh, Eternals? Are we going to get Eternals in the... It, Seemed like it because they they hinted at him in Guardians, yeah. And and when they talked about That's Peter true. Quill's lineage, they t- they said his dad was you know was was an Eternal yeah. or I think they call him Celestial, Celestial. Um, for the movie. Um, and the, and James Gunn has said that the second movie will be about Peter Quill's dad, yeah, or at least mostly, movie. yeah. And so I think that yeah, Guardians two will probably introduce us to to that whole. So I think we'll get more of in depth of like how these things are actually working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But so, you, so you so you took from that that Ultron is personality. His personality stems from Tony Stark. Absolutely. Yeah. From that's Jar- what I. Think. Or rather, from Jarvis. Yeah. Well, because he's he's basically he's he's pretty much Tony Stark's kid. They made this kind of a prodigal son story mixed with Terminator. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of that that perfect fusion of like I created this monster, but he's sort of me, and and even Tony Stark like calls him his kid a little bit, like uh, a couple of times. When like, they oh, have an exchange, and he's like, "Yeah, or dad, or heart. something, dad." Yeah, well, and, yeah, and when he first sees him, like when he just says, "Like, oh, Junior, you're gonna make your you break your old man's heart, or whatever," and then right, yeah. yeah, and then Cap does the "No one has to break anything," yada yada, whatever. Um, okay. But no, and I like that first scene when they when they go to conflict and like how how cocky and spiteful the twins are in that scene when, uh, um, what do you say? Like when, when cap is like, you know, give up now and, and you, we can all walk away from this or you can walk away from this. And then Scarlet was just like, Oh, we will shit. Like just how (laughs) confident and just like, they just hate him, like visibly hate him, you know, and Quicksilver makes the comment about how the missiles, you know, the factory was familiar to Tony Stark and all that. Um, the little when like the the fight scene before Scarlet Witch takes them all out, the little when Thor throws the hammer and Quicksilver's like running by and he's like, yeah, oh hey, tries to grab <laughs> tries it. To grab- <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. I love just oh, like the man. look on his face, like, hmm, I'll grab this, and then just <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, then Scarlet Witch basically takes them all out, take everyone but Hawkeye, and I mean Tony's off fighting Ultron, but he's already had his vision that Scarlet Witch gave him at the beginning. So then she just like fucking terrifies everyone else uh hawkeye tases her in the forehead which that looked fucking painful yeah it did like ow i can't imagine getting tased right in the forehead that would hurt so bad <laughs> well I, and yeah and i thought she played it real well in that scene after where she's where they kind of like are regrouping and she obviously was yeah super disoriented and pretty you could tell she was defeated in the sense that like yep she got her ass kicked by Okay. And then yeah, and and then what what kicks the the scene or the the Johannesburg scene off with whole tearing up the the town is that Scarlet Witch gets to him finally last. So that's the that's the that's the itch, that's like the burning question. That's the question in my mind that I can't get off of my mind is what the hell did she show Bruce cuz they showed everyone else's visions but his. Yeah. Or did she show him anything? Did she just know how to turn him on? I don't think so. Cause That's what my question was. She, why, why would she only not show him something? You because know I mean? he's got the well, ability to just destroy well, shit. Well, to turn him on, it's, it's triggered by an emotion every time. It's triggered by fear, by protection, by, by threat. It's always triggered by something coming out and a perception in his mind. So I think that she had to have shown him something. And it, it doesn't show that she has any ability to just 
trigger an emotion in somebody other than showing them those visions. Yeah. And so, I mean, from how they explain her powers, I think the only thing that could have happened is what they had explained to that point, which is what she had already been doing. And she wanted to basically infect all of them because that's what Ultron even told her about. It's like, you know, you're the one who can take them out from the inside. You need to infect all of their minds. And she did that to every everyone else. I think it's only logical that she did that to Hulk. He saw something that triggered him and he kept seeing it that entire time that he was tearing everyone up. Maybe she showed him Betty. And that's why he left. Oh yeah. shit! Closure. <laughs> well, so the, so that yeah. So I guess that's you know that's the that's the tough part of the whole question is we don't we're not expecting any sort of Hulk film, but we are expecting him to continue because Mark Ruffalo said he's got he's got a few more in his contract. Yeah, so he'll show up in the Infinity War. I think he'll show up before that. In what? Guardians of the Galaxy two, maybe. Do you think they're going to launch him, though? Maybe that, or maybe Doctor Strange. Maybe Doctor Strange hmm. tries to help Bruce get control of, see, okay. of the Hulk more. That I could see. I could see him in in a strange film. Yeah, I think Don't Guardians is stretching in, it too much. Um, I So the reason that I say Guardians might be logical is because, A, the casting has been rumored by a few different sources so far. And, B, that would be a way for them to do a somewhat similar story to Planet Hulk, without having to give Universal any money. I think it would just stretch the plot of Guardians too thin, where you've got Maybe. Quill and his dad, and then doing a side with Hulk. Well, because it could be, it, like, what I'm thinking is, like, it could be sort of an introduction story, where it's like, you know, we've got this crazy thing tearing apart this planet or whatever, the Guardians go and find him, somehow get him to stop, whether it's, you know, with, like, some futuristic technology they have or whatever, get him to stop, and then Bruce... So where do they where they say he just ends up somewhere in the Bermuda Triangle? They're saying it could be him. They don't even know if it's him. And I think they did that on purpose because just in case they they can get the rights from Universal or whatever, like so that they have two different ways they can go with it. Probably because they've done that so far with a lot of characters, like Spider Man. They had two different roads they could go with with him. That's true. Um, but so, the so your 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 assumption is that if they get it back, they're going to drop a Planet Hulk movie. Yes and no. Um, but I think that because that ending was way, way too homage to the first scene of Planet Hulk. He's sitting there. He's looking at the yeah. computer with another Avenger talking yeah. to him. The thing with he sits in the pilot seat like yeah. so similar. But then the thing is that that would do two things. Not only would it give us a somewhat homage to Planet Hulk if he was in Guardians, but it would give the Guardians a reason to come back to Earth because basically Bruce would be wanting to get back home. You know what I mean? And so that could bring the Guardians back to Earth for when Infinity War happens. Assuming that Infinity War takes place on Earth. Well, I mean, it might start... The Avengers are involved, though, so it would probably start on Earth. Yeah. Especially because the time gem is on Earth, and Thanos needs the time gem. Yeah, I think we'll get a, a nice mix with the two movies of on and off of Earth. Yeah, I just think it's, it would be a good way to unite the Avengers and the Guardians. That would be a good way to pull them both together, because so far they don't really have any tie other than a common enemy. Yeah, and, you know... Okay, so this is this is... Let's go for it. I listened to your 1.5, and that was something that I was. you guys touched on that I mm-hmm. thought of that you didn't mention was how awesome is it going to be when we get to see, like, Groot interacting with Tony Stark? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. And I, I, I really want to see that because, like, Bendis, when he wrote The Guardians of the Galaxy really recently, yeah. he had that, yeah. uh, that Tony Stark and the Guardians type thing, and that's that fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tony, St- Tony Stark and Gamora are they going to drop that? Oh shit! Oh. <laughs> climbing, uh, climbing Mount Gamora is that what he said? Yeah. Is that what Rocket said? Um, <laughs> and I'd love to see like Tony Stark and Peter Quill kind of like 
Because I think they probably hate each other, but get along in a weird way, you know? Because, like, yeah. Tony's kind of all about the 80s a little bit, too. And, like, but then they're both kind of douches and they're a little more egotistical than they both try. Well, I guess Tony lets it on completely, but well, Starler tries to be a little humble. I think Cap and Quill would be an interesting exchange because Quill's so immature and Cap yeah. is real straight line. Hey, this is how I do things. So yeah. it'd be like a dad and a kid getting along yeah well and so here's here's my segue into back into <laughs> ultron uh-huh but quill and hawkeye i think would be hilarious yeah oh yeah absolutely and okay so let's talk about hawkeye for so a that's my segue yeah because hawkeye was my top number one favorite thing about this entire movie and i i have such mixed feelings about hawkeye right now nope he's the best so well, no, and it's not. It's not that that, that like the character in the movie was bad because in this movie I loved the character. He had awesome lines. Everything he was doing was pretty great. But here is my only problem: this Hawkeye is not Hawkeye to me. This is a great character in this movie that that works awesome in this movie, but he's totally not Hawkeye to me. Hawkeye is, in my mind, from from all the comics I've read, mm-hmm. a really clumsy James Bond who grew up as a carny is terrible with like expressing emotions and getting attached to people and totally dicks around a lot like he's hooked up with spider woman black widow you name it in the marvel universe he's probably hooked up with them at one point mockingbird yeah and he's kind of like this guy who has all these skills and he's like a super crazy spy but then he's just like clumsy as shit and like can't get his fucking life together and so that and that's kind of a constant with hawkeye is he can't get his life together no matter how hard he tries that he's always fucking something up and that's the difference with Clint in this one is like he's got a family, he doesn't fuck his life up at all, and he's got everything is totally going well for him, which is great. And but it, isn't it's this, awesome in the movie. I mean, and I, and I never and I never dove down the ultimate universe hole. But isn't that this this is the that's the Hawkeye we're more getting similar. So so in the ultimate universe, Hawkeye does have a wife and kids, um, and he's he's a shield agent, but they get killed. And, like, the entire time he still kind of fucks up, and they get killed because he fucks up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, he just becomes, like, this homicidal, crazy person who tries to, like, murder Spider-Man and a few different things like that. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, but, like, it is it is similar. And that's, like... And they, they've always kind of gone more towards the Hawkeye, the ultimate Hawkeye route. And so it is closer to that. But I just... I really have such a desire to see 616 version of Hawkeye on the screen. And I kind of wish they had, like kept him out of Avengers so they could have done a Netflix series with him. Oh, a Netflix Hawkeye series would be amazing. It would be amazing. Did any of you read Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run? Oh, yeah. It would have been a perfect Netflix series, right? With oh, him yeah. and Kate oh, Bishop. Absolutely and brilliant. The tracksuit mafia. Yeah, oh, bro. Would have been <laughs> bro. With Pizza Dog, too? Oh, my God. I can't. I have to stop thinking about this or I might actually explode. No, but, I mean, even with that info, I think that still, like... Oh, it was great. I thought he was great, and I, I think could kill you right now. No one would know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, I don't know. Last time I saw him, Ultron was sitting on him. Yeah. I was oh, I'm gonna just miss that happy quick little bastard. because in First Avengers, he was, you know, being controlled by Loki, so you yeah. didn't really get a whole lot of Hawkeye. Well, that was I mean, so in this one, you get a whole lot of Hawkeye, yeah. and he's awesome. That, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's why I, it was like Hawkeye and the Avengers, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. But I I mean, but I love it. I mean, Hawkeye's always been one of my favorite characters. And while I agree with you that it's not necessarily the representation oh, yeah. to be expected from the comic books, we still get he jokes. Yeah. He's you know, in the comics he's the thing about Hawkeye though, he's is, he's a wisecracker. Yeah, but he's he dumbs himself down in yeah. the comics. And I feel like 
in this. They just didn't give because he's way more competent than he actually. Oh, totally. Than he lets on. Than he lets on. And so in this, I feel like they just you know sort of bypassed that because that's sort of you you, you you need to read ten years of comics to really kind of get that. <laughs> and in this, it's, they're just throwing in yeah. the movie. But yeah. but I thought they brought the wisecracks well. They made him charming. Yeah, they really did. I liked the little the little scene when like Tony is sitting there grabbing the darts out of the board and, yeah. and he just throws three right in the bullseye. He's like, yeah, well, <laughs> totally. What can you do? <laughs> no, and I just I like Jerry Jeremy Renner and I oh and yeah I, and I was and I was yeah I mean that's it. I was bummed in the first movie that it was like yeah they got Academy Award nominee Jeremy Renner to be mind controlled Hawkeye that really doesn't say anything <laughs> in this entire movie <laughs> and it's not really there doing anything. Yeah, I was like, geez, like that kind of sucks. <laughs> Poor bastard. I know. The only thing I would wish for is a little bit more like show him doing some trick shots that are just yeah. nuts. Right. Like the craziest trick shots of all time. And he does a couple like good, obviously good shots, but I want like. Yeah. The crazy ones very, that you see in the comics. Yeah, centered on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I thought it was, it kind of sucked when he, so when he's sitting there and he gives Car, uh, Scarlet Witch that pep talk, you know, the whole yeah. like, the city's floating and, and there's and aliens and, and they have a bow and arrow. None of this make makes sense. sense. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. And then he pulls out those fucking nine arrows on the same little thing to launch and then you don't get to see what the hell he does with them. He just launches them off, off screen and like, what the hell? Just that whole, you know, that weird thing that like yeah. fucking extends out before he walks out the door, he loads it up and then just walks out the door and it's like, oh, well. Apparently, he either just shot nine arrows at one robot or something epic happened and we didn't see it. And we missed it. Yeah. But anyway. Maybe we'll get it later. That was a super minor complaint of mine. Um, he is confirmed for Civil War, though. Yeah. Which is interesting. You know, he goes to, like, retire to the woods or whatever, and now all of a sudden he's back, and I wonder whose side he's going to be on. I genuinely do. Well, we don't even know what the Civil War is really going to be about anymore. So. Yeah. But we, we do know that it's Iron Man against Cap. They have confirmed that much, and there was even the leaked promo art of them going... At each other. Yeah, but still. Yeah, we don't. We don't. That's nothing. I mean, that could be. They could be over anything. So we it could just, be. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, maybe anyway. we we'll get answers on Shield this week. Shield. Um. I'm. A, I'm actually <laughs> expecting after all this, because Ant Man's closing out Phase Two, right? Yes. yes. So I'm expecting Ant Man to have a larger impact than we than it leads on. Yeah. Because it definitely we watched the preview and it's like, nah, I don't think that doesn't look related to the films at all. Yeah. I don't think they've been and giving us much either because no. of that too. They didn't right. want to spoil Ultron. So I think I have a little bit of a theory about Ant Man and, and as it pertains to Civil War. I think that there's so whatever he's stealing, you know, they've already said like he's gonna break in and steal, and I've thought before that it might be the pin particles that maybe um, Corey Stoll's character, Yellow Jacket, steals the Pym particles, and he's he's using them to you know sell to the military, and it's going to cause all this chaos, whatever. Um, but I think it also may have something to do with one of the Infinity Stones, and that in the process of stealing one of those Infinity Stones, Paul Rudd causes some huge catastrophe that ends up resulting in a lot of casualties, and that's what might bring the Civil War about. Is is how do you prevent that from happening? Hmm. So he's going to be the uh, the instigator. The, well, right, the incident that uh, Speedball and Nitro do. And, exactly, yeah. exactly. That that's what I think anyway. And it and it could be it could be a combination of things like the Hulk incident and um, Ultron combined with something that happens in Ant Man. Yeah, exactly. But we can't. But but. I mean, registration's pretty much out the window, though. Yeah, and well, and I don't think it. In it doesn't seem like registration would be it, but it could be something more along the lines of like 
we need to figure out what to do. You know, we can't ignore the metahuman population. We need to figure out what to do with these people who have powers and suits and weird things. Like, how how do we give them the proper, whether it's, you know, schooling or the proper, you know, knowledge about them or, or preventing these superhuman catastrophes from happening? How do we go about doing that? When do we get, when does Ragnarok come? Ragnarok will come in 2017, I think, in the fall of 2017. Is it after Infinity War 1? Um, it is. It no, before. it's before. It's the movie right before. So November 2017 is Ragnarok after Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Doctor Strange, and Civil War. Jesus. Um, and then right before Infinity War Part 1, which comes in May of 2018. I think we're going to see Thor die there. Yeah, I think we'll see him die, come back in Infinity War Part 2. That's just me, though. Well, yeah, I mean, don't, you don't think that name's going to be literal? We're going to get the character Ragnarok. I don't think it'll be. I mean, it could be the character Ragnarok, but that I think be it'll cool. be. That'd be super cool. <laughs> I think it would be, but I think it might pertain more to the Norse mythology of Ragnarok, which is when Thor dies, Heimdall dies, Loki dies, like all of the gods die, but then obviously they come back because that is Norse mythology. Is they well, die I all think, the fucking time? Yeah, and I guess that scene with Heimdall in in Thor's. Uh, Inside uh, Scarlet it. Witch vision is probably a good hint in. Yeah, because, I mean, it seems like most of their visions are kind of, like, pertaining to something that comes... And we, we've seen that part of Thor's vision was actual, you know, sort of prophecy or seeing into the future mm-hmm. because it shows him not only the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Gauntlet being assembled, but also um, the vision, you know, and, and, it, and it leads him to go and, and wake the vision up. Um no, that wasn't part of his. Yeah, it was because it shows that's his eyes. It shows the vision. Saves yeah. No, no, he goes. That's when he dips into the. Magic yeah, pool. to bring back the vision she gave him. That's what he says. He's he's going in there to to reawaken that that vision that she to showed him. To see what him. he missed. Yeah, to see what mm-hmm. he missed. And so it shows it, and then it shows Vision's eyes, and then he, you know, that's that's when he realizes what he has to do. Um, but I think yeah, it's probably a little bit of both as far as like he, you know, he wouldn't have known that obviously without going to the the lake. Um, but yeah, before Ragnarok, we do have quite a few movies. We've got Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Spider-Man, and then Ragnarok. Um, okay. Back into the film. I, I, yes. I, I, we, uh, we got a ways to go through, so. Yeah, we do. Um. So we get, we get the, uh, the Hulkbuster scene. Yeah, I was going to say. We, yeah, we kind of went off on the tangent there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if you're. I was leading like, up yeah. to what, what I thought Go was right the, obviously like the coolest scene we could have all expected and wanted, and I mean Hulkbuster, uh, aka Veronica, was so good, dude. Yeah, exactly. It was everything we expected to see from the. We saw the preview of like a couple shots in that, and it just amplified that twentyfold. Oh, yeah. But what I here's the here's the parallel that I really liked while watching it was. Here's this. Here's a scene where this, you know, force of nature getting pounded on by this giant robotic thing, mm-hmm. and the whole time Tony's doing all he can to save every single person he can. Yes. And I was like, oh, fucking take that, Superman. And here's a case. So here's <laughs> here's where my I think biggest that's why they were doing it too. Here's where my biggest gripe was, and I think that's definitely why they were doing it. So yes, and that I love that where he's like, you know, we need to protect the citizens. We need to protect the citizens. If you care so much about protecting the citizens, why the fuck are you punching Hulk straight into buildings and into cars? 
Cause for half the time. Because he says, well, yeah, but he says that. He says, like, oh, yeah, we got to protect the citizens. And then two seconds later, he's punching Hulk downwards into a bunch of people. Or then he has the elevator that he swings at the Hulk and it's Yeah, right and there's the tons of people right people. out there. And he just says, get out of the but way as he's swinging anybody, it. So like, it makes I, it okay. I thought it was a little bit too heavy handed at being like, yeah, fuck you, Man of Steel. We protect the citizens. But then it was almost disingenuous because. He's throwing Hulk into shit, and like, there's only two times where he's trying to fly him out, and it's like, oh yeah, we need to protect the citizens, but then why aren't you just grabbing him and flying up the entire time instead of punching him into buildings? Like, Maybe he weighs that was too the... much for the combination to go. He lifted him earlier. Yeah. He lifted Lifting him at part of it. flying completely out of the city here. He, well, no, he was able to do it because he dropped him down on the, on the building he... after punching him into like 20 other buildings. And that that was the part that I had a problem with because I loved that, yeah, he was, like, aware of it. He's like, oh, yeah, the citizens and all that stuff, like, we need to protect them. But then it just seemed a little disingenuous because he was totally just wrecking the city by punching him into shit. But you know how his 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 heads-up display can show sort of everything in his surrounding, surroundings? Well, yeah, but you could see moving cars and shit when Hulk was getting punched into stuff. I'd, yeah, I'd like to think that Tony Stark was calculating trajectories when he was doing that. Well, then why did they fly into the buildings and cars that had people in them? Because Maybe he, less because damage? He, yeah, because he knew what he was calculating exactly where he was going to get Hulk into and it wouldn't cause human death. Well, I mean, he, he went into, like, cars that had people in them after Tony punched him. Like, moving cars were stopped by Hulk flying into them when Tony punched him. And like that—that's the part that I just like. It was weird because if if it were like if he were caring so much about it, if it were completely genuine, then I feel like he would have just gone in, bear hugged Hulk, and then just thrown on the thrusters full reverse and gone as as quick as he could, gone out of the city instead of punching him around a bunch of times and then trying to take him out of the city. You know what I mean? Sure. That that was. It seemed a little disingenuous, and it seemed like it was sort of pointing directly at Man of Steel just a little bit too much. But I did like it. I don't think it was. I mean, I just I said that as a joke. I don't think it was actually trying to like point fingers at me. Oh, I think it totally was. You think so? I think it absolutely. I think was. it was a little nudge, but not like I don't, major. No, I don't think I don't so. Think so. I think they were just the amount to... of times you referred back to it, though. Like when the city was flying, and they're like, "Oh, and the lasers are going out into the city. We got to protect all of them." And like, no, but I think I that's. Don't I don't. <laughs> I don't think they were. I think that they were just trying to make it to be. That he was trying to be a hero. That he's trying to be a hero, exactly. He and was, but and, if he is, then... But <laughs> I bet you anything, if Man of Steel hadn't have come out, they still would have been the same thing. I don't know, because they, like... Why would they... I mean, I don't... Because that's... Well, because in the first Avengers, there was only, like, one or two quick mentions about people in that giant fight in the middle of New York City. Whereas in this one, it's Johannesburg, and there's 58 mentions of it. Well, maybe it's because he learned from that. No, and... The first Avengers, there was the whole a whole bunch of scenes with Cap, Vent Cap in the building, get saving all those folks, and then there's like Black Widow and Hawkeye taking people out of the buses. Like there's, yes, that's there's true. A ton directing of, the cops, directing the go. cops to help people. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean I don't think it's, I don't think it is. I, I think yeah. it's. I, I it just could wanted, it could just be me. I just wanted. I think, I it's, just, just you. I think it's just you. I just wanted to say that because I thought it was funny, but yeah. that's where my mind I just, went. But I but in. <clears throat> more to it, I think that I, I just enjoyed that watching Tony try to like yeah deal with Hulk, save some people. Oh, and, and I and then turn on the uh, power fist and tell him to get <laughs> go, to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. No, I it liked it overall. Hulk, I mean, part. 
it's not like the Hulkbuster just took him down either. Hulk was ripping the shit out of that. Oh suit. yeah, when he took the jetpacks off the back, and he's like, "Shit, I gotta." Maybe that's uh, why he didn't pull him out. He knew that. Well, that was after. That was at the very he, end when he piled drove. But, but him that's into why the he didn't do it in the thing. first place. Yeah, that's what I'm meaning. Because Hulk would have just ripped him to shreds. Maybe, but I mean, he still tried it though. He still tried it at one point, and so I'm like, eh. And he still tried it when he still had all the spare parts available. Or, like, after he, he had spare parts taken out is what I mean. Is like, I don't know. Maybe he had to get a feel for the suit, too, because I'm assuming that's the first time he's ever had to run in that suit. Maybe. Well, I mean, they, no, Banner insinuates he helped build it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it very well could just be me. Um, well, however which context you want to take it in, it was a fucking... But it was cool. Yeah, it was a great scene. Absolutely. With help building, would he have actually put it to use, though? They probably would have te- like he probably would have tested the armor out by being in it and stuff like that, yeah. And, w- and let's also mention how amazing Hulk looks in the film. Hell yeah! Yes. His face, his emotions looked so much like Mark Ruffalo's it, face. Like no, they had to have done it. It's a thing. Yeah, I mean, but it, but I mean, beyond that, it he looks. It does not look like a CG character. Yeah. Ever. It's true. It looks. This is the best. Per- like best. Yeah, visual effects on the Hulk they've had so far, for sure. I would not be surprised if it took down an a Academy Award for effects just due to... I would, just because it's a comic. What else is out yeah. there? What else this year has come out that has had effects? We're about to doesn't get Mad matter. Max. It's a comic book movie, and they hate I doubt him. Mad Max is going to drop some magic bomb on us. I bet it will. I don't think so. Man, it's, it George, it's George Miller. I bet they're going to give him a... There's gonna, Mad Max is going to have awesome... Real stunts, not CG, not effects, mm. because that's all. That's always been his jam. He's all the old Mad Max films yeah. are all professional stunt drivers, which is why Mad Max is badass. Yeah, Hell yeah, Mad Max. He has come out. <laughs> what about Star Wars? Excited for the technology. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Star Wars is probably going to kill everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's I'm just in- like there is such a stigma. There still hasn't been a single uh, comic book movie that's won an Oscar, and that that part is just fucking crazy. Wait, well, I guess for. Superhero movie, I should say, there because there was Not like even the, for like sound editing or soundtrack or I think there's I been little awards like that that have won. Dark Knight but... didn't didn't he take down the Academy Award for Joker? I think Joker had best supporting actor, but that wasn't the movie. That was just the, the actor himself. Doesn't matter. He's still. We'll find out. I know he got nominated right now, but I I'm not sure if he ever won it. Um, but after what what came right after the uh, the Hulkbuster scene in Johannesburg? Oh, I got it right here. It's uh, they have the plane ride back, mm-hmm. and everybody's all pouty. Yeah, he did win supporting actor. He did. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Um, then uh, when they get back, that's when they all, that's when they go to Barton's safe house. Oh yeah, that's Barton, right. AKA oh, his house, okay. and Thor bails. And we find out about his family. Thor- yeah, and we talk, and it's that whole sequence. I, we can probably skip over most of that. Yeah, other than we the, talked uh, about it. Other than the, uh... oh, Nick Fury's hiding here. There he is. Okay, great. Spoilers. It was nice to have Nick Fury. Spoiler (laughs) alert. But what I think is cool about this and how it ties into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the fact that Coulson, this whole fucking time, knows... That Fury's alive. No, not only that Fury's alive, but what's happening. He is setting up S.H.I.E.L.D. when he drops that bomb at that last episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. where he's like, Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I couldn't stop but then, watching it. But then you watch it and you realize that Coulson this whole time has known about all this. And he's keeping it from his team and us, the bastard. Yeah, that douche. Holding out on us. And then he's talking to Maria Hill at the end. Hell yeah. Anyway, so 
It was uh, cool seeing them. If you don't watch Shield, everything. watch it. It was nice. I enjoyed when Tony walked up and he said, "Hello, dear." <laughs> I guess on that aspect too. When do you guys think that the Avengers are going to find out that Coulson's alive? I don't know if they ever will. Do you think any of them know already? I mean, I would. I if I were to hedge my bets, I'd say maybe Black Widow and Hawkeye, just yeah, because they are Hawkeye. Shield agents. Hawkeye does for sure. I thought there. Yeah, was I guess a if he knew about Nick Fury Joss already. Sweden said that as far as the movies are concerned, as Coulson's far as his movies, are. yeah, I think so. Yeah, he he kind of said that, but I don't think he. Because the way that he he said it, it made it sound like he didn't want him to be there. Like as far as they were concerned, he didn't have any plans for Coulson, or he didn't know of any plans for Coulson to appear in the movies. Not necessarily that he was still dead, but they were, as far as he knew, treating it like he was. Um, but yeah, I I I don't know. Because and then Fury says like, oh, I I got it from an old friend when they were talking about the Helicarrier. I feel like yeah. he's referring to Coulson. And so I think that maybe, and now that Joss Whedon is, is yeah, out, like... maybe it was just... I think he's had a lot of quotes recently that he's tired weird. after making this movie, he's cranky, and is kind of just <laughs> talking yeah. Yeah, as a cranky dead. guy. He's yeah. just <laughs> being pissy because he's tired and needs a break. I still think DC just needs to get Joss Whedon over and be like, all right, just tell us what direction we need to go in with our whole universe. Don't even have him direct a movie. Just have him be Kevin Feige. Guide their universe. Anyway, I think he needs to take a break. I'm returning Marvel in like 10 years. I'm, I'm, I'm fine if he takes a break as long as during that break he convinces Netflix to bring Firefly back. Do you feel in charge? And that'll be it for this week. Uh, we're going to be coming back next week with part two of our Age of Ultron in-depth review. Uh, we do have a comic book club that we'll be doing once a month. Mitch, do you want to tell everyone about that? We're going to start doing our comic book club monthly. This month we had a poll up for Infinity Gauntlet or Civil War, and Civil War is one. So we're going to be reading through Civil War, and we'll talk about it in a month. So read through it, and we're looking at doing an online discussion as well. So we'll get that figured out and come back with you guys later yeah. with that. The main point on that is read the main uh, the main Civil War story, although a lot of us will be reading all the tie-ins. So if you feel like reading all the tie-ins, uh, it definitely will be something that we discuss. So you don't have to worry about like reading something unnecessarily or wanting to hear opinions on the tie-ins and not hearing them at all. And that story is also available on Trade or on Marvel Unlimited. So it should be yep. a real easy one to get. Yeah, super. Civil War is one of the most heavily marketed Marvel stories that they keep reprinting. Yeah, just play Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> or that there you go um but yeah we'll be doing that uh here and i well yeah we'll be reviewing it probably in about three four weeks um so make sure you read through it uh any parting words of wisdom or things you want to get off your chest before we tell the folks goodbye we have the three of you uh well i think it's a good thing to also say for next for the next month's going to be uh we're uh, going to deviate from our marvel centric universes and choose a dc comic i am so quaking in my boots at the thoughts have your thoughts on that too for anything we should put in for the vote you can reach us on twitter our twitter handle is savage land pod because they don't give us enough letters to put in podcast Or uh, Facebook, you can you can like and find us on Facebook. Yeah, at, uh, if if you feel like there is a, a DC story that we should read for the the next comic book club, All Star Superman. Fuck yes. <laughs> um, 
If there's if there are any DC stories you feel like recommending that you'd like us to read for our inaugural DC comic book review. And if you could all just vote Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, I'd be super stoked. Yes. That's not a bad idea. Um what, whatever whatever your heart desires there too. Yeah. Any anything you want to shout at us if you want there's if you want something for us to read on the show, any feedback for us, go on our Facebook, send us a message, send us a tweet, send us whatever you'd like. Uh you can also tweet uh what is it? Us at uh, savagelandpodcast.com is the email that I set up. Um, feel Great free. review on iTunes. Yes, and please leave us reviews on iTunes. They help so, so much. It's so great to let people find our show and everything. And by the time you hear this, uh, we should be up on iTunes. So you'll be able to find us. Yay! All right. That should be it for the, for the episode. <laughs> Face front, true believers. <laughs> Drink your whiskey straight. I'm going to go through this